Hey guys, in today's episode, I am back with a solo episode to discuss how we're all feeling about the live stream sets and festivals that we've been getting since quarantine began. I'm going to share my pros and cons and react to all of your thoughts and opinions on them. Are these live streams built to last or are we getting over them? Let's discuss it in today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to Rave Culture Cast, your weekly guide to the EDM community, music festivals, and more. I am your host, Emma Capotis, at Emma Capotis. Thank you all so much for being here. Happy Wednesday. Whew, I am in a great mood. I finished a big cup of coffee, feeling super energized, ready to talk about this topic. So basically, welcome back to Emma Goes on a Rant for another hour. <laughs> I cannot wait for this. Guys, it's been like weeks since I've done a solo episode. I've been turning out these interviews left and right, have been having so much fun meeting people in the community, but it was time. It was time to just sit down and discuss a topic that's sort of on a lot of our minds, um, and that is live stream sets and live stream festivals. But before we kick things off, uh, I did just want to say a moment of silence because I didn't I forgot to mention this last week, but last weekend would have been Electric Forest weekend. Little moment of silence here for that. I It would have been my first Electric Forest. I have never been so excited about a festival in such a long time. Uh, we had a huge group together. We were going to be doing a big group camp uh, with Lunchbox fam and all my friends. And, you know, I would have been in Rothbury, Michigan last weekend. So we just had to say that and acknowledge it. Uh, we did keep our tickets for next year, though, so it is okay. It's still going to happen, you guys. We're going to get through this together. But, um, yeah, I think good things come to those who wait. So um, I did upload a video on my YouTube channel if you guys are interested. I wanted to share the outfits that I was going to wear anyway because I had bought all these things and I was, like, planning for a pretty long time what I was going to wear. So if you want to see that, um, you can check out my YouTube channel, Emma Capotis. Uh, I also have a playlist, so if you guys want to watch the episodes, you can go watch everything over there. Um, and you guys can rate and review on iTunes. I really appreciate anybody who's able to just write a couple sentences about the podcast. Like, really, really appreciate you guys taking the time to do that. If not, hit a couple stars, throw that in there. Um, you can also find us at Rave Culture Cast and at Emma Capotis on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and again, one big thing you can do to support the podcast is make this your Instagram stories or tweet out a link, tag us in it. Um, word of mouth is how we get this podcast out there. So I really, really appreciate you guys sharing this with friends, family, whoever, Reddit, whatever you guys want to do. Um, we also have a Facebook group community now. It's called Rave Culture Cast Community, uh, where we just talk about Similar things to this podcast, all EDM and festival related. We chat about episodes. Um, we just had our first family Zoom call this past weekend, which at this point that I'm recording hasn't happened yet, but I am over the moon about it. I literally can't wait. So I know that's going to go well and we will do more in the future. So if you guys want to stay informed on when those are happening, join the Facebook group. Alrighty, let's just jump right into our listener of the week. So every week, I like to highlight one of our listeners um, and read out your nominations. So if you have anybody you want me to shout out, please send me an email to raveculturecast at gmail.com. That is raveculturecast at gmail.com with your nominations. And just, you know, send a nice little note. Why do you want to shout somebody out? Tell me. So this one is from Darlene. It says, hey, Emma, I hope you and your fiance are staying safe and healthy. Thank you so much. I wanted to give a shout out to my best friend, Anthony Gonzalez. His birthday is June 7th, so I wanted to show him some extra love. We only started raving together last year in 2019, but we've never been closer. And I have raves to give much of that credit to. Ant is always that guy in the group to hype everyone up, and he's definitely the life of the party. He's also very kind hearted and genuinely compassionate, which I love about him. I know that we can sometimes take people in our life for granted, especially with the world around us constantly changing, but it's friends who ground you and make you a better person that make all the difference. To Aunt, thank you for your unconditional love and support. Here's to being 22 years young, babe. 
To the Rave Culture Cast fam, don't forget to tell your best friends you love them, especially when they love and support you through the good and bad times. Much love, Darlene Kampa. Wow. That was such a nice note to start this all off with. That is so incredible. First off, happy belated birthday, Anthony Gonzalez. You are a listener of the week. Uh, clearly, Dar- Darlene values you and your friendship very, very highly. So that's incredible. And thank you for being a part of this family. Uh, and what a nice note. That is a great way to start everything off. Yeah. Send a text to somebody today. Tell them you love them. Tell you tell them you're thinking of them. There's nothing nicer than hearing from a friend that you like haven't had the chance to catch up with in a while. So absolutely love that. Thank you guys so much. It's the perfect example of a listener of the week nomination. So if you guys want to write in a letter like that, again, email me raveculturecast at gmail.com. All right, so that's all I've got today. Let's just jump right into today's topic because I definitely have a lot of ground to cover here. So I'm going to give, just to give you a breakdown of the episode, I'm going to give you guys my general thoughts and opinions on how I think live stream sets like have been going so far and what I think about them. And then I broke it into pros and cons because there's definitely a lot in both categories in my humble opinion. Um, And then... Lastly, I want to read your emails, and then I also posted in the Facebook group um, some opinions on it. So I'm going to read all of your your comments from over there, and then we'll end the episode off with our usual EDM news and my songs of the week. So grab a snack, grab a drink, sit back, and let's get into it. All right, so to kick things off, I just want to take it back to March when all of this, like this pandemic was sort of like taking off in the United States and we started well we it first kicked off with ultra being canceled which I was planning to attend this year and obviously canceled my trip to Miami and ultra effectively got canceled as well so I think that was for the EDM scene what sent shockwaves through everybody because it was like holy shit kind of moment like wow this is actually serious and like events are really being canceled and it, it felt like a week lasted a lifetime at that point, if, if, if everybody remembers. Um, so much happened. It was like a ripple effect. Day to day, it was just cancellation after cancellation. And we all like had no idea what the fuck was going on. You know what I mean? Like we didn't fully grasp how seri- serious it was. And looking back now, we kind of obviously have a better understanding. But at that point, um, it started slow. I think I remember one of the first people who who announced they were doing a live stream set was Jaws on his Twitch, which I didn't even have a Twitch account. Uh, I downloaded or whatever. I signed up for one when this started because then Seven Lions said he was going to be doing some things at home. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, that'll be really interesting. You know, let's make the most of it. People are starting to just do streams at home and, you know, that'll get us through the next month or so, we thought at the time. Like, we didn't know effectively festival season was going to be fucking ruined. So... Yeah, so it was just like this new way of listening to our favorite artists. Like, it was really cool and exciting. Like, I mean, live streams obviously existed. DJs did sets here and there, but it wasn't the norm. These artists are booked back to back. They are always traveling. They're always on a plane. They play so many shows in a year. Live streams just wasn't a thing they probably even had time for. So that's how this, like, kind of all started. It was very gradual. And then it it just like skyrocketed from there, right? Like the first few festival lineups started getting announced, which again, very big deal because now these are virtual festivals and oh my God, it's 2020. Everything is virtual now. So we had the Digital Mirage and then Insomniac to me was like the big one that really kickstarted everything. I mean, oh God, what was, I should have looked it up. What was the first one that they did? I mean, we had like Beyond Wonderland, they did Nocturnal and then they it, they did Hard Summer. Then we've got a EDC. So they just used all of their festivals and made them into highly produced live stream events on YouTube and then some of them were on Twitch. So it was just like incredible. I mean, those first few events, like the Digital Mirage, I think was like record breaking with how many people watched it and the amount of donations they made. Like I think they made over $200,000 and those were uh, raising money towards like COVID related causes and things like that. So there was that whole element to it, which was really interesting. And again, just looking back on it, it was so new. So I feel like I was tuning into as much as I could. Um, I watched a couple of the Digital Mirage sets and it just was really weird to see like your favorite DJs in their like living room or in their kitchen or like wherever the fuck they were set up. 
Um, so it was just like a very interesting, like inside look at their lives and their homes. Um, and just like seeing them in this different element. It was like kind of a humbling experience in my opinion. And then Insomniac on the other side was more like they were actual live events at Insomniac headquarters and they built out these whole like crazy stages and had the whole lighting and production, which not surprising, that's what I would expect out of an Insomniac production. Um, And like these lineups were ridiculous, right? Like they were trying to recreate some of the lineups they were going to have in person in these virtual events. And it was just amazing to see those first few things come out I know I watched gesture actually he I had him on the podcast in the very beginning in March that was like one of the coolest moments ever for me um and he did some really fun twitch streams so actually he might have been one of the first people that I watched uh and it I don't know I just felt like the EDM community and scene really stepped up during this time and like it brought everyone together. Like they were they were giving us a reason to like embrace the community. They were putting new music out. We could still see some of our favorite artists, even though these events were getting canceled. And I just felt like while all these other things are falling apart and everything is so uncertain, it was cool to see like the community that we're in step up and embrace this and bring still bring entertainment to us. So I was very proud and excited to see all of that happening. I feel like these DJs like and these event producers made the best of the situation, especially amongst, you know, layoffs and furloughs and things like that, that they had to go through with a lot of their staffing. Um, and then being donation-based was a huge plus as well. So I'm kind of getting into my next point here, which is going to be my pros and cons. But those are my general thoughts about them. Um, We're obviously not in the ideal situation. I think we can all agree on that. So I do want to talk about my pros and cons because I think at this point, I mean like what, we're three months in, almost four months into this pandemic. Um, I think things are starting to change. At least like that's how I'm kind of feeling. Like I'm kind of getting a little bit of burnout and um, so I want to share my thoughts and opinions on that. So I am going to get into my pros first, and then we're going to go to our cons. But I need to take a break here and grab, grab a glass of water. I'm dying. Okay, so let's kick off the pros here. So one of the biggest pros, which I think we can all agree with, the lineups. I mean, straight fire. Like, when would you ever see some of the lineups that we've seen? It's been ridiculous. And not for nothing, a lot of these, like, online festivals have kept the lineups that they were going to have in person. But in some cases, like, we are getting to see the biggest names in EDM play these festivals or do their own sets that, like, you don't have the chance to see all the time. Um, Calvin Harris has done some and like he has not played festivals in a while. So that's one of the perks of this. Like you are getting to see major artists like Carl Cox and like Eric Prids. You're going to, you're seeing these people play these live stream sets on their own. And again, like it's that, it's that personal factor because some of them are like just in their home or in their studio. So it's just incredible. And that's cool. So having the access to these people and having, these lineups that are just like absolutely stacked. Um, Digital Mirage again. Uh, The room service one was so awesome. And you just sit there and you can like post up and just like watch your favorite artists back to back to back. So lineups have been a huge pro for me. Number two, I wrote in all caps, it's free. (laughs) Most of these are completely free. Some of them are donation based. Um, I'm going to talk about ticketing in a second but they're free especially in the very beginning when they first started you don't have to pay anything there's no entry um it's you just have to have an account on youtube not even or on twitch to watch them and you're getting so much free content so much free music and a lot of them keep their sets up so you can go back and rewatch them on youtube rewatch them on twitch um and that's been amazing and that leads into my next point so much new music. It has been the best feeling to go back and listen to these sets, especially of like some of your favorite artists that you miss live. 
it's just been so good. I mean, I always am looking for sets to listen to just to put on in the background or sometimes to work out to. And um, a lot of them come out of festival season. So now, especially these artists who like some of them are doing multiple streams a week. It's just never ending music. And even with like Seven Lions, a lot of the ones he did, he released some new remixes like the, his song, Tok- not his song, Blau's song, Tokyo. He did a remix of that. That was like one of my favorite song that's co- songs that's come out recently. Uh, he did an Abraxas live stream set, which was awesome. So there's just no shortage of music. It's been really nice to still get that from these artists. And again, just to like fill the time and have something to listen to that's still like fresh in your mind. So that's been a huge pro. Um, I, t- I touched on this already. I-, I said like I think a pro is seeing these artists like in their home settings. I feel like you get to like know them on another level. Some of them have done like Seven Lions has done some like Q&As and he's had uh, like Jason Ross on and like talked to some of the artists that he's collaborated with. So I do like seeing these people in their elements. Like I mentioned, gestures, Twitch streams. I think he calls them the corn stream so funny like he's like he's put people up on the screen so you can send in your videos and he'll like display them of you like dancing to the songs um so that's been really amazing and I do really like the highly produced ones as well I really like the stages Insomniac had for EDC Las Vegas that tunnel stage holy shit like so incredible and it makes it like and it adds an element to it right that's really exciting to see and you kind of like feel like you're a little bit more immersed in the event but I do really like this personal element of just seeing these artists at home. Like take Lane 8, for example. Um, in Lane 8's room service festival set, which was one of my favorites, he's literally just chilling barefoot in his living room, just like vibing the fuck out. <laughs> so I don't know. I think there's like pros to both of those types of scenarios. Um, and it's just cool. It's just cool to see them in their home settings. Okay, huge pro. A couple people have talked about this, but you get to be in the comfort of your own beautiful freaking home. We don't have to go anywhere. We don't have to wait in long lines. I don't need to refill my water. I don't have to spend any money. I can just log in, watch some sets, enjoy a three-day festival and not have to go anywhere. I can be in my, my damn pajamas. I can eat my snacks. I can have a couple drinks at home. I don't have to drive anywhere. Like safety factor obviously is there. So, you know, that's a great, that's a positive. I know at this point we're all like, I don't even care. I'll take the long lines just so that I can go to a live event. But there is something nice about being in the comfort of your own home. Um, And at the same time, one of the things about like bringing this community together, it's been amazing to see people like fully embracing it and like dressing up, still wearing your like rave outfits. Some people have put like fake rails up and been like headbanging against the fake rails People have been doing Zoom parties and happy hours. I've participated in a couple like watch parties. Um, I've been, you know, binge watching all of like your TikToks and things like that. So people had EDC parties and I know Electric Forest just in like an Electric Forest camping and they, you know, were encouraging people to like set up their tents still and like plan Electric Forest at home. So there's still this element of like being able to embrace the community. And that's what I think is unique to the EDM and festival scene like you don't see other types of genres of music doing this like that is unique to the EDM community so that is a major pro as well and I'm sure there's many more but that's that's what I have on my list as like my high points I would say so to get into my cons you know I always look at the silver lining of everything right I I don't like to make things negative but we were open and honest here and I share my thoughts and opinions with you guys so okay I just have to say it just doesn't do EDM shows justice. Like, does anyone else feel like that? Like, yes, this is all great. Yes, it's incredible to see the communities come together. Yes, it's amazing to see these DJs. But like, it just ain't cutting it. It's not the same thing. It doesn't do it for me. I can just, I can sit in my room and get excited and jump around to a set. But like, I'm not surrounded by my friends. I'm not all dressed up. I'm not with with other people, meeting new strangers, interacting with people I've never met before. I'm not in this world that's not in my home that I can escape to for the weekend. Like, I like being out in a new environment with the stages, like being fully immersed in the experience. And these live streams just don't do that for me. They don't cut it. It's not enough. And I think that's one of my cons. Like, I think that's 
starting to get to some people. Like, I think it was fun and it was like the flashy new toy in the beginning. But like reality is sinking in, you know, if we don't have shows until next spring, like can we handle another nine months of live stream sets? I know some of you guys are getting drive-in shows, which I can talk a little bit about. Like I think that's a cool new thing that we're going to experiment with. And it also depends on the state you live in, which has been one of the hardest things to deal with. Like being in the New York, New Jersey area, I have no idea when we're going to get shows back or nightclubs. And a lot of you guys in other states have had those things start to open. Um, So some of you may not have gone without shows for that long, but that's not the case for everybody. So anyway, that was my number one con. I think they're really great and we're doing the best that we can, but they just do not do festivals justice. And I, you know, that's kind of getting to me a little bit. Um, Number two thing I would say, I think we will start to see more um, festivals and live stream sets charge money. So either tickets or like being subscription based. I think some artists were already doing that. Like if I'm not mistaken, Ellis Dream was doing a subscription and now tomorrow, excuse me, Tomorrowland is doing ticket based. So you can buy a single day, you can buy a whole weekend package and Um, Tomorrowland is actually doing like at checkout you can also do a donation um, because they're doing uh, raising money for COVID relief as well so it's you know it's good to have that element and I'm not saying anything about donations I think donations are incredible but you know the festival industry is suffering tons of people are being laid off or furloughed and like you know artists and everybody that works with the artists and stagehands and event producers and security like everything is involved so if if events started charging money and it was going towards, I forget the names of the causes, but there are certain causes that are like distributing money to all people involved in like live event production, then of course I would want to do that. Um, and I know there was some some drama on EDM Twitter about some of the drive-in event costs, but it's so hard. I was talking to Ace Antonio about this. You guys should follow him if you don't already. Um, he works in live event production and he was saying like you don't realize how much it costs to pay an artist, set up all the staging, pay all the staffing. Like there are so many costs that go into an event. So some of the, the costs they're charging like $600 for a car, but you can fit up to five people in the car and you pay, you're dividing that by all of these people. So it kind of does work out and I understand where those costs are coming from, especially like I know some people have lost their jobs, but at the same time, this community isn't even, or like the festival industry isn't really making money right now. So I think it can be justified in some ways. But besides the point, I think, you know, it's great that things are free. It's hard to get around that because like this podcast is free. YouTube channels are free unless you pay like for a Patreon or something like that. So there's always going to be free events. But I think there are going to be some people who are going to start, especially as time goes on, going to lean towards charging tickets to events. And I don't know. We'll have to see how all of you guys feel about it. In my opinion, I am pro- I don't think I'm watching the Tomorrowland stream. I'm not paying the money for it. And it's not for any reason. The lineup's stacked. I'm sure it's going to be a really cool experience. But um, I'll talk about this in a little bit. I've just started to slow down how many live stream sets I'm watching So I just don't think I'm going to pay the money for Tomorrowland. But if you guys are a huge Tomorrowland fan and you were going to go anyway, more power to you, throw a whole freaking party, do whatever you got to do. Okay, another con. This isn't like necessarily my con, but some people are not a fan of the pre-recorded sets. I don't think this is a huge negative for me, but some of the sets are live. They're actually DJing live, like some of the Insomniac events, and then something like Room Service and Digital Mirage They were pre-recorded sets that the DJs submitted. And a lot of that, like, I don't think is a negative because there's so many things going on behind the scenes with, like, making sure the stream happens and, like, there's no issues, there's no loading issues, like, something like they don't play the set right away. So, like, I understand that they have to record things ahead of time to submit them so that everything can run smoothly and we don't have any, like, technology issues um, and the other pro to that is some of these artists have submitted really cool pre-recorded sets. Like who just did, was it Chet Porter or something like that? Did it underwater? Oliver Heldens was performing in like this beautiful, oh God, was it the opera? I'm sorry. I'm like blanking on everything right now, but he, people have been recording their sets in these beautiful settings. I know Oliver Heldens performed one on the back of a boat. So, um, to me, it's not necessarily a con, but I saw some people's comments and that was a con for some people. 
So that's one thing. Um, okay, I talked about this a little bit, but I wanted to highlight it again. One of my biggest cons is live stream burnout. I have started to lose interest. And I think you can see that fall off in a couple places because like Digital Mirage 1 did so well. Digital Mirage 2, I think, did really well as well, but you didn't hear about it as much as the first one. And that's, I think, because it's summer. I think people's schedules are different. I think they've also just lost that allure of like how they were in the beginning. You know, some some people might forget about them. You might not have these watch parties anymore. You can also watch them later. So some people are like, all right, I don't really need to catch it live if they're going to upload the sets later. So, you know, that's how it's been for me. Sometimes I just forget. Life happens. I have other plans. I don't turn it on. Um, so I'm starting to feel live stream burnout. And it's also because there was so much of it. Like I think if they were more rare, then you want to tune in. But it got to the point where it was like there were multiple virtual festivals happening every weekend. All these artists were doing live stream sets. So there was just a never ending stream of content. And when there's almost too much quantity over quality, you start to lose interest. So that started to happen for me. And it's only the end of June right now. So again, very curious to see where this goes over the next few months as we get into like fall and winter. Um, another huge negative. Most of the events, most are on Pacific time because some of these, especially all of the Insomniac headquarters shows are um, in California. So living here on the East Coast, he wasn't starting the Insomniac events until 11 p.m. And I know I sound like a fucking grandma, but 11 p.m. is late as hell. I'm in bed at 10 or 10.30 and I'm not staying up till 5 in the morning to watch these sets live. So it was a little annoying that every single one except for one. Oh God, which one was it? Was it EDC? I think it was EDC. One of them started at like 8 p.m. Eastern and 5 p.m. Pacific. So I like appreciated that they threw us a bone, but everything else started at 11 p.m. and it was just so late. So I watched almost every single Insomniac event um, on YouTube afterward. So that was like a little bit of a negative. And obviously it would be even more difficult if you're living in Europe or something like that. So um, the last negative I have here, which I don't know too much about, but I know Twitch just announced some changes in their guidelines about licensing music, which was going to make it a little bit more difficult to, for DJs to have live streams unless they own the music. So they were cracking down on copywriting things and that's going to be like a whole nother mess if we're going to be getting into that because smaller artists are going to have more issues sharing songs in their sets. So that's going to be difficult if that's the way that this is all going. But um, for now, we will watch things on YouTube. We will catch whatever we can. Um, and we'll see where the future brings us, which is my last point here. But I am going to take a quick break before I get into my last thoughts. And then we are going to get into your emails and your comments. So I will be right back. Alrighty, I just wanted to do another quick shout out to our Facebook group. Uh, if you guys are not already a part of it, go check out Rave Culture Cast Community on Facebook. We have such an incredible community over there. It's been so much fun starting different threads and posts with you guys, hearing your feedback and just talking about all things EDM and festival related. So if you guys have ever wanted to meet other listeners and just interact, definitely go join it. I will have a link in the description box here uh, or you can search Rave Culture Cast Community on Facebook and send a request to join. That's all I have for right now. So let's get right back into the episode. All right, you guys. So the last thing I wanted to say on this topic, I want to talk about the future. I kind of want to talk about where we see live stream sets and festivals going and talk a little bit about when we think shows might return. So I think, as I've mentioned so far, it's it's difficult to estimate when things are going to come back because every state is different. And at first I thought it was going to be this like blanket statement type of thing where it was like, this is the definitive date that shows are going to return and then live stream sets will go away. But at this point, as we've seen, it completely depends on the state. Some states already had opened and we're having nightclubs and some artists were announcing shows already. And then you started having these drive-in shows in certain places. So I don't think 
we can say like it's going to be May of next year. Like I, we don't have any idea at this point, especially if there's like some sort of second wave that comes, um, which is why we have to be so careful about what we're doing now because if we F this up, it's going to further prolong larger events from coming back. Um, my gut, and this is a complete guess, obviously, hello, I'm not a scientist or anything like that. My gut is telling me next summer we'll see some festivals I hope it's sooner than that, but I just have a feeling like EDC Las Vegas next year or like Electric Forest next year is going to be the return. But that is just like my my humble opinion. So that begs the question, what do we do in the meantime? Is it just these live stream sets and these festivals? Is it EDM drive-in raves? Are they smaller scale capacity events where you social distance? Are they only outdoor events where you can really spread out because there seems to be a higher capacity if you're outdoors versus you're indoors? You know, what are we going to see here? That's my biggest question. And like I said, I'm already feeling burnout from some of these shows now. So I can only imagine like next January and February, like it's going to be with everything. You either watch it or you don't. You might check it out later. You might not check it out live. Or if it's something you love dearly, so like a Tomorrowland is such a huge deal for some people or like Lost Lands, you guys. I know we have a lot of Lost Lands fans. If they decide to do a virtual event, I could see that being like such a huge hit, especially if Excision gets like the same lineup and everything. So I think it depends on the event. I do, like I said, think we're going to see more ticketed live stream festivals um, just because of like so many people being out of work in the festival industry, I could see there being some sort of like fee or subscription based model at some point. Um, in which case, like I like I said, I would be more picky about what I spend my mon- money on. And I'm sure some people would probably feel the same about that. Uh, lastly, I think it'd be really cool if we see some more like virtual reality experiences or like more immersive virtual experiences, if that's possible. Sort of like how... Pasquale did the different stages at EDC. I think that was really cool how he was trying to like bring things to life um, and, you know, people setting up their own things at home. But I know Tomorrowland was apparently doing like a VR world. um, And I wrote this down. It was from PRNewsWire.com. They said, festival visitors will be able to navigate easily through a magical and newly created Tomorrowland location with a PC, laptop, and smartphone or tablet You do not need special VR goggles and explore the entire festival site in an interactive way together with friends. Besides the performances, there will be all kinds of interactive experiences to choose from, including inspirational webinars, games, and workshops. So it's like a little bit more involved, right? Like they're going a little further um, with what the experience is like and what they're trying to create. And that's not surprising with the level of like Tomorrowland's, you know, world. So... In general, though, if festivals do do like VR experiences, I don't have VR goggles. I think that'd be really cool, though. Maybe I would invest in some. But like if you could be like front row at like EDC Las Vegas or Electric Forest and they build a VR experience, I think that's a step up from some live streams. So that I would be really into. And I don't think anything's off the table at this point. That's definitely a possibility. So those are all of my thoughts and opinions on live stream sets. I now want to go to our emails and then I'll go to the comments on the Facebook group and then we will wrap up this episode. All right, so let's kick off your emails here, you guys. Again, you can always send in feedback, anything like that to raveculturecast at gmail.com. I don't know why my voice is so cracky. It might be like fatigue or something like that, but if I sound like a Kardashian or something along those lines, I apologize. I'm like going through puberty at 29. Anyway, okay. Let's get into your thoughts and opinions. So this one is from Christopher Rodriguez from Miami, Florida. Uh, And he said, hey, Emma, let me just say that my fiance introduced me to your YouTube channel. And while I was skeptical at first, you really put out quality and positive content. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, So awesome job on that first. Shout out to Amanda Verona. Anyway, I think live stream sets are amazing and couldn't have been really streamlined at a better time. While they're never... While they'll never replace the feeling of being there in person, it's so much better than I thought. I never would have thought the production level of the live streams have hit would reach that in such a short time. Without the live streams these past couple of months, the EDM player rave community would have been in a much darker place and I'm grateful for them. Take care and be safe, Emma. 
uh, Christopher Rodriguez. Completely agree with you. It's they really, really went above and beyond like what I even thought that they would ever do. So it it definitely has been crazy and 100% agree with you. Like cannot even imagine what it would have been like if we didn't have those. Like we are so lucky that everything was able to, to pull together in such a short amount of time. Okay, so this is from Damien, who's from Utah. Uh, he said, hey, Emma, I've listened to RCC from the beginning. I want to thank you for all you do for the community by providing entertainment and information. Out of all the rave festival content creators, I think you come across as the most genuine. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Um, others seem to do it for the clout, but I don't think that's what you're about. I hope to get to meet you one day. Thank you. I hope I get to meet you guys so soon. Um, okay, so in regards to live streaming sets, I have mixed opinions. I think it's been really nice to have the live sets from the artists I love, especially when you get to see some of their personal side that you can't get from actual live sets, as we've mentioned before. It's also been nice to get new music and sets to listen to while painting and driving. That's definitely been a bonus to these live streams. My favorite has to be the virtual EDC Raveathon. My Rave fam and EDC crew got together and enjoyed the stream in my makeshift Rave Cave. It's the only four of us total, and we made sure to be as safe as possible with sanitizers and masks. That being said, I do have some issues with the live streams. The sound quality is never as grand as I'd like it to be. I know that has more to do with the platform than the streamer, but it just doesn't give me the oomph I want from the music. It also really just makes me miss being at an event. Nothing will ever bring the vibe and intensity you get from being there. From the music moving through you to the sense of community and freedom you get from enjoying it with like-minded people, that's what I miss from events the most, is being amongst those who share the same loves I do. That's why it's so bittersweet to watch a live stream in place of a live event. I miss being with beautiful strangers, being whoever they want without fear or judgment. All that being said, I do enjoy the live streams. It's just no, in no way a replacement for live events. I think it would be a mistake for companies to try and uh, replace their events with live streams. It's just going to become a grab for advertisers to get their hands in the pot. I think we saw the beginnings of what the EDC, I think we saw the beginnings of that with the EDC Raveathon. I understand companies need to make money at the end of the day, but I worry what it will turn into and how far it will go. For now, I'll enjoy the free content. Sorry for the long post. Thanks for taking the time to read it. And congrats on your engagement. You guys are so cute together. Thank you so much, Damien. That's awesome. I completely agree with all of the um, points that you brought up here. You definitely, definitely address some of the things that I think are um, concerns for a lot of people. Okay, this next one says, Hey, Emma, congrats on you and Brian's engagement. I hope you're doing well and staying safe. Thank you so much. So I have sort of mixed feelings about live streams. It's definitely amazing to see the EDM community is still thriving despite the pandemic. I saw someone tweet that seeing how this community is coming together over live streams during this time and how the artists and fans are stepping up just sho just shows that it's always been and always will be about the music. 100%. Snaps to that. It was awesome to see the Digital Mirage obviously smash their fundraising goal and to see other festivals and DJs adopting the charity approach. It's also interesting to see artists on live stream exploring new styles of DJing. Sometimes it can be a letdown if you're expecting a certain type of set from an artist, but overall it's cool to see DJs who you know play the same old stuff all the time really try to branch out a bit. At the beginning of quarantine, I actually created a Facebook group for my rave fam where we post live streams that we want to watch and then we all get on a Zoom together and watch them together. Another thing I love is creating my own home rave setup. I've always been into crazy lights and production at shows and I've had a few lights of my own to start with, but during quarantine I've expanded my collection quite a bit. I ordered a strobe light, then these flashing fairy lights, and at that point I was just like, fuck it, I'm just going to go all out and get a laser, which honestly was the best decision ever. So it's definitely been fun turning my living room into a club. And the best part is that everything is so convenient. The bathroom's right there, all your food and alcohol is there, you can make your drinks as strong as you want, and if you end up on the floor, nobody will kick you out and you can just go to bed. 100%. Those are such good points. That said, what I miss most about live events is just the unmatchable atmosphere and vibe of being together with people and sharing an experience, which is something a live stream could never fully accomplish. As quarantine has gone on, I've gotten more and more bored with just being on Zoom and with my Ray fam while we watch live streams. It's just not the same thing. I think after three months of live streams being the only thing to do, it really takes a fire lineup to get excited. It also doesn't help when you're on the East Coast and so many of these best streams are on Pacific time. When we come back, though, the energy will be fucking unreal. I always think back to my last festival before all of this and think, damn, if only I'd known this was going to happen, I would have gone so much harder, lol. 
Thanks for reading, and I hope when this is all done, I get to see you at a festival at some point. And that was from Peter Cottingham. Peter, thank you again for for writing in. Uh, I like echo everything you said, and you brought up really good points in there that I didn't um, talk about at all. So I definitely appreciate you saying that and talking about like the different sets that DJs are playing. That's definitely a huge pro. Okay, next email says, hey, Emma, 2020 has definitely been a year of change and adapting. The EDM community has definitely come together during these hard times. I love these virtual raves and seeing all the hard work that goes into them. They have been making the whole pandemic and staying home a hell of a lot more tolerable. That's for sure. I love seeing the personal sets, the personal made sets from some of these artists that have been streaming, which are so fire. I also love seeing the different locations that DJs play at. These virtual raves have introduced me to so many new artists and many new festivals that I have added to my bucket list. Normally, if I can't attend a festival, I stream it and either watch a set or have it play in the background. I do greatly miss seeing everyone enjoying the music and all the smiling faces in the crowd. Looking forward to another festival soon. Stay safe, everyone. And that's from Bridget. Okay, this next one. Hey, Emma, I've listened to your podcast since last summer, summer, but this is my first time writing in. Yay, we have a first timer. (laughs) I love hearing from you guys for the first time. It's the best. So I said, I wanted to tell you about Gabriel and Dresden's Club Quarantine. It's a live stream held four nights a week, usually hosted by Dave Dresden. Tuesday nights are Techno Tuesday. Friday nights, he plays Gabriel and Dresden's newest music and replicates what you would have heard them play at a live event. Saturdays is Classics Only, where he plays a variety of house and trance classics from prior to 2010. And Sunday night is Deep House Night to help you relax and get ready for the week ahead. Classic Night is personally my favorite. I only got into EDM in the past year and half of it's been a great and year and a half and it's been a great way to discover older music. I find myself looking forward to these new sets every week. There's also a Facebook group that we formed, a really fun little community. Gabriel and Dresden are Anjuna artists, so it's all got the good vibes that come with the Anjuna family. Here are some of the things that have made these streams so much fun. Andrew Bayer is a regular in the Twitch chat room, and it's always fun seeing funny and inappropriate things. Uh, one night, he hosted an up-and-coming artist named Avira, who was absolutely amazing, most of his music hasn't been released yet, but you can find it on the set on SoundCloud by searching Avira Audio. It's A-V-I-R-A. Go check out his song, The Worship, on Spotify. Dave played Sandstorm while Darude was in the chat room one night. He also will sing Digga Digga Duh in the microphone whenever he plays it. Oh, that's awesome. Usually on classic nights. Dave dances with his cute dogs, and Dave has played multiple sets that have gone for over eight hours. I believe the record is 12 hours and 45 minutes. Wow. Okay, and they included a link to Gabriel and Dresden's Twitch account. Thank you for the Facebook group by search. Oh, and you can find their Facebook group by searching Club Quarantine. Thanks, Joe in Anchorage, Alaska. Wow. I feel like I have such a good new recommendation because I, I've heard of Gabriel and Dresden, of course, but I don't think I've really listened to them too much. And I had no idea that any of that was going on in their Twitch account. So that is a really incredible suggestion. And I love the breakdown they're doing. That's such an interesting way to break up like your own tracks and your own style of music into different types of nights. So that's awesome. I'm 1000% going to be checking that out. Okay, this next email this is a little bit of a longer one. It says, hey, Emma, I discovered your channel through Vibe with Aid a few months ago and just wanted to say how happy I am to see your growth, not only as a content creator, but also as a human being. You radiate excitement to all your viewers and we can tell you love what you do. Keep up the great work. I'm excited for the future of your podcast. That is so fucking nice. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate it. It's been a a very crazy 2020, that's for sure. I feel like, just to go on a tangent, if anybody else feels this way, like, who said this? I think it was Bill Burr said this in a podcast recently. He was like, yeah, I thought I was good with myself. Like, I, you know, I'm an older man. I thought I had had personal growth and like me and myself were good. But this has really shown me that like I have not worked through some of my shit. <laughs> and when he said that, I was like, wow, that could not be more accurate. Like I thought I had myself figured out. I thought I was in like a good place in quotation marks. And then this pandemic happened and I realized like, you had so much still to work on internally. Like I was not in the best place mentally. Like I was more stressed than I had ever been in my life. And I feel like now in end of June, I am finally like, wow, I worked through some shit and I, I feel like at peace with myself. I've been handling my, myself so much better. My stress has been better managed. 
somehow. So just to be on a tangent. So thank you. I actually really appreciate you saying like you've seen some growth because I've been working very hard on it as I'm sure a lot of you guys have. Let's get into this email. Okay. I'm fairly new to the EDM festival scene. My boyfriend took me to my first uh, festival in 2019. That was summer camp followed by Electric Forest a month later. Needless to say, my life changed. I was starry-eyed and excited going into 2020 with the hopes of attending more. Given the circumstances, the live stream festivals did make up for some of it. I listened to almost everything and I have to say there's no other genre out there trying to keep up the vibrations and love strong with their listeners as much as EDM does. Any platform I'm in, whether Reddit, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I read and feel the excitement in the community. The hype game is strong and I think necessary. Being in quarantine was a shock in many ways to a lot of people, be it uh, socially, financially, emotionally, and or mentally. It can be pretty easy to lose hope when your plans for the year get uprooted. So I do appreciate that we've had all these live stream, stre- live stream sets to direct our attention towards. Personally, they gave me and my boyfriend something to get excited for. If we wouldn't If we couldn't plan for a festival, at least we could plan for a couch date in the best way possible. We get our festival bin out from storage and set up our lasers amongst other things. Get some drinks made, food, get dressed up. The first stream we tuned into was the room service. Holy cow, it was the best weekend in quarantine. We enjoyed artists we already loved, Rez, The Glitch Mob, Lane 8, and discovered some new favorites, Dr. Fresh, Noisy, Autograph. Even after he got partied out, I kept listening and left the stream up on the background while I was working on my art. Being an artist, I draw so much inspiration from my environment, and because the music was elevating me so much, I was able to finish a painting I had been stalling on for almost a year. Wow. I also have to say that we were cracking up at people's comments during the stream. Reading things like, pass the gum, or who, ne- <laughs> who needs water were definitely factors that made it feel like we were all connected to each other, enjoying the same music, all from the safety of our homes. I have to stop you there. I didn't bring that up. 100% the comment section could not agree more. People were so funny and like the stuff that they were writing in there, like making it sound like they were at events was like one of the best things. So I have to agree with you. So she said, talk about most, talk about making the most of an unfortunate situation. Energy is everything when it comes to music and the scene knows how to keep it alive. Hard times make us appreciate the good things in life when we have them, and for that reason, next year will be a magical fucking time. I can't wait. I hope that live stream festivals don't get left behind when 2020 is over. I think they're great for people that perhaps can't take time off or can't afford to go to one and maybe don't want to go alone. Whatever it may be, it's nice to have options and not feel like you're completely missing out. On a side note, because I know you appreciate serendipitous moments, I do. I have been listening to Autograph after that stream when EDM Chicago contacted me to design the flyer for their virtual playground live stream. Autograph was on the set list. I then found out they're also from Chicago like me. That was a hug from the universe telling me I'm in the right place in the right community. Oh, chills. Thank you, Emma, for keeping the community excited and tuned into everything going on. You're keeping energy alive amongst us all. From Jesse. Wow. That is incredible. And that is such a cool serendipitous moment. I love that for you, Jesse. Thank you so much for writing in. Okay, this next one is from April. Hey, Emma, hope you're doing well during these stressful times. I love that you're doing an episode about the live streams. Overall, I really love them and I'm so thankful for them. They really help me feel connected to the EDM community and the artists since we're all in this together. The streams are such a great distraction from the stress of life. They really lift my mood and make me smile. So many artists have been so creative with the setups too, like Seven Lines with Visions, for instance. I've also discovered so many new artists through all of these streams. I also love how Plamp came out for all of this. So funny. My only complaint is that there's just no way they could ever compare to a real-life event. I recently came to the realization that one of the reasons I love EDM is so much is because it overpowers my mind. I have OCD, anxiety, and depression, so my mind is always racing with thoughts, but when I hear live music, the power of the music drowns them out and everything else and puts me me and my soul at peace. When I'm watching the live streams, it's just too easy for my mind to take hold and for me to get distracted. However, I'm so grateful for the streams, and I know that in my heart, one day festivals will return. We just need to remember that as best as we can and keep looking forward. Love, April. 100% agree with you. I think I think they're doing the best that they, that they can. And like you said, it is, we should be grateful. We should be grateful at the end of the day that we have this and that this community has come together in this way because we could be getting nothing and where would we be if that was the case? Okay, this last email is from Neil. It says, hey, Emma, hope you're doing well. First off, I'd like to say congratulations on your recent engagement. Thank you so much. 
Okay, my thoughts on live streams are that they have been pretty awesome for the most part. My favorite live stream set so far were probably Seven Lions, EDC Las Vegas. That was a vibe. And I love Oliver Heldens and Martin Garrix's live streams as well. I think Insomniac has done an amazing job at putting these on and the production is amazing. I think live streams at this time where we can't really go to any live events is a great way of keeping the energy up and not losing momentum for the sets and these amazing that these amazing artists produce, especially during uncertain times. It's a great way of kind of giving us the light at the end of the tunnel moments, if that makes sense. The one thing I don't really like is the timing of some of the live streams, especially the Insomniac ones. I live in Toronto, which is in the same time zone as New York, so I feel your pain when some of these live streams go way into the night. It's a struggle to stay awake for these set times. Uh, even from your living room. I wish they would start a little bit earlier for us East Coast ravers. Anyways, those are my thoughts on live streams. Thank you again for producing amazing content during these times. Neil, that was a mouthful. Thank you, Neil, for writing in. I really, really appreciate it. So you guys, those are all of your thoughts. I'm really quickly going to run through my post on the Facebook group because I, I have like shorter comments on there. Um, again, feel free to join the Rave Culture Cast community if you guys aren't already a part of it. So I did a post... Um, talking about this episode and then I also shared the Tomorrowland link and mentioned like, okay, Tomorrowland's going to be doing tickets. How do you guys feel about tickets as well? So that's sort of like what prompted this whole conversation. So, okay, in general, Jose Rodriguez, shout out Jose, said, I think live streams are here to stay. In the future, say my friends and I are getting together on a Saturday night, we know Elenium and some openers are playing Red Rocks the same night. I definitely pay to be able to live stream that. The same as like a pay-per-view for a boxing match or something. This easily turns a get-together into an event or a party for all of us. As it has been with these de- as it has been with these digital fests during quarantine, so I'll pay a fee to not have to fly across the country to see the performance. Which leads to my next point. I'll literally pay any amount of money to see anything Tomorrowland related. They are the best festival on earth, in my opinion. Take my money, Tomorrowland. <laughs> Also, spoiler alert, you guys, uh, Jose is one of my friends, and he is obviously a huge Tomorrowland fan, and he is going to be an upcoming guest on this podcast, and we are going to be talking about all things Tomorrowland, so get excited. That episode will be coming out in July. Alrighty, some of the other comments here. Live streams are definitely good because it lets you check out a festival and see if it's your vibe. Also, I had planned to go to Lost Lands last year, but my work didn't let me. So it was nice to get to watch it online, even though I was getting massive FOMO because my friends were there. That's from Grant Eckard. Uh, Barbara Pumar said, I'm all about live streaming right now since it's honestly the best way, best we can do in the meantime. However, we can get super creative in making it into a get together with friends and family. Paying for the Tomorrowland live stream, I'm torn in half. One, Insomniac has gone above and beyond to make sure we still have our festival needs taken care of. Virtual EDC Las Vegas was fucking awesome. And so many art, other artists and other production companies have been doing free live streams. Now, on the other hand, you're telling me I get to experience Tomorrowland for basically less than $30? Shit, sign me up. I know it's not the same as being there, but if you're able to spend thousands of dollars on Tomorrowland, $30 won't break the bank. We have to be considerate that even though it's not manual or physical labor with these stages, digital media designs can be pretty complicated. And coming from Tomorrowland, we don't expect anything but the ultimate digital experience. Plus, we'll get cool bracelets and other knickknacks, which I think is pretty dope. Um, totally agree. I think that's an absolutely great point. There, like, I don't think we understand how much goes in behind the scenes, especially Tomorrowland. It's going to be insane. So it's definitely a great point. Okay, David Pearson said, for me, the Insomniac Ravathons were the best so far. Production was great, good sets, artists, etc., and the interactions with communities uh, between sets have given me the extra live feeling versus other live playback of past recordings. If I exclude the insomniac level of production, the rest I feel is more of a way of discovering artists. I will gladly pay for the album of a new artist I discover in these shows, but not sure about the show itself, at least in its current form. The Tomorrowland event is interesting. I'm probably going to go for the whole weekend ticket just to get a feeling of how I paid an event just to get a feeling of how a paid event will be versus what we've gotten so far. I personally would have paid for the Insomniac ones. If they add some physical goodies for subscribers, that would be extra neat. I am aware of what artists can face when invited to some events, and instead of being paid real money, they're giving the, this is a nice platform for you to get known or get fans excuse. So I'm torn between agreeing to pay for some live streams and others not. There's a minimum of quality to be had, in my humble opinion, Patreons, donators are there for YouTube type of events. 
One question that I can throw in here since it's related, we know that some artists are limited to, to what they can do because of the pandemic. What about live streams post-pandemic? Would you accept home-style live streams still or require insomniac quality as a minimum, at least for paid ones? This is from the point of view of a solo home raver. I don't have the opportunity to turn these events into a packed home party. Great points all around. Laura Gilb said, I love the live stream sets. My favorite set so far was Sudden Death for EDC. I listened to that while I was on lunch at work. My jaw just dropped at how good it was. Love that. Uh, Deborah Lee said, I like the live streams. However, I never catch them live, so I would probably pass on paying for it. Ryan Beckham said, while the live stream certainly isn't as exciting as being live in person, it is really nice to have some new sets to listen to on the regular. I do hope they continue even after the pandemic, though they've been really nice for someone like me who lives in a city that doesn't attract a ton of EDM artists in Cincinnati. You know I love me some Valentino Khan. He has been so consistently killing it with his high-energy weekly Quarantino Khan at-home sets with some fun visuals, plus all his participation in virtual festivals. Solardo has also been killing it with their Saturday Night Live with Solardo sets every Saturday. They do trivia, giveaways, and have fun visuals. They always bring the most amazing, fun vibes. I'm a Tomorrowland stan, so I will probably pay for the festival. I do have some friends that were turned off by it, though. I think it's probably necessary to generate some money for the staff and artists. I do think the idea of doing a party pack is also so freaking cool. I'm surprised other festivals didn't think of doing that, too. Also, they're giving discounts to people who have tickets to 2021 Tomorrowland. It's not that big of a discount. All good things to know in case any of you guys are interested in that. Um, Ben Roberts said, super torn on the Tomorrowland thing. I understand that people work year-round in the festival and need salary, but it doesn't really sit right with me that people were weren't offered a refund for the canceled festival this year. Now the money's sitting in a business account gathering interest. I think that's part of the reason that there's been so much backlash. I'm sure they're going to put on a quality show that's worth paying for, but the way they've treated customers this year has really made me question supporting them as a brand. They really are outliers in terms of how festivals are treating people this year. Okay, Silvio said, I love the live streams. I get to tune out and enjoy my time watching and listening to artists that I love from the comfort of my own home. I would rather be on an actual show or festival instead, but if we have to do these live streams, I will take that for now and I'm okay with that. It's not bad. Pro tip, I would recommend setting up your room with some fun lighting to give the extra festival feel. And okay, <laughs> unpopular opinion, and please nobody come for me for saying this, but I'm okay paying for live streams. Music and performing live is a form of art. It's so valuable and you can put a price to it. I know a lot of people complain when artists charge for their live streams, but at the same time, a lot of people would still pay for it. I'm honestly surprised it's not become the norm yet, but I think it will eventually. Also, artists need to make a living. I would be more than happy to pay an artist I love for their live stream or a festival if it supports them. I do think if artists begin to charge for their live streams, I would probably be more selective as to what I watch. Uh, I completely actually agree with your opinion, Silvio, because it, yeah, it's like the, it's like being a creator. I would pay for somebody that I love and like that I would want to see. Like if they're not doing their shows, they're not making money right now. So, and I agree with the festival. I think it. I do think it is worth it um, to pay for a festival at this scale. Maybe this has all changed my mind. Maybe I will pay for the package just to see and I will report back to you guys how it all goes. Okay, last few comments. Um, Cami Shahan said, I am loving the live stream sets as the alternative right now. I will definitely be paying for the Tomorrowland weekend set, especially if it's going towards a good cause. I feel like if you can afford it, then it's a no-brainer. There have been Zoom parties that people throw out there to join and that has been such a fun part of this whole experience. One of my favorite things about EDM shows, raves, festivals are the people I get to meet in the community. So the Zooms definitely add it for me. And then we have AJ Odu said, I'm interested to see how Tomorrowland turns out. I think it'll be an indicator of the future of virtual events since this is the first major one that has a paid ticket. If Tomorrowland is able to sell tickets well and viewers are satisfied, then it'll be a good sign for post-COVID virtual festivals. However, if monetization for virtual sets isn't plausible post-COVID, Virtual sets could still happen as charity fundraisers, as we saw with Digital Mirage. And lastly, Aquan SciShow said, I love them better than not seeing your favorite artists at all. Whew. Okay, you guys, you all brought up some really, really great points. And you also highlighted on some of the things that I missed in my pros and cons list. So that's why like, I absolutely love hearing from you and getting your thoughts and opinions on all of this. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, just like my, my closing thoughts on this, I, I'm trying to remind myself, we should be grateful. We should be grateful that we have all of these things. It's very clear 
that the EDM community is all about the music and it's been awesome to see that and to see this community come together. And I think we all agree. It sounds like that it's clearly not the same as going to an event. You don't have the same energy and like that vibe that you get off of other people, but there are ways to improve your experience. And I definitely, when I finally get a house, will be investing in some lighting and some cool lasers and shit like that to make more of like a rave den at home or something. So it's definitely something I want to do just to improve my experience. But in the meantime, I think we will make do with what we've got. I think we're going to have a lot more festivals coming out and we're going to see some really cool things. And I think we should be open to paid services and paid festivals because I do think, especially as this goes on, these artists need to make a living. These companies need to survive so that they can come back and we can still get these festival experiences from them. So that is it, you guys. Those are all my thoughts and opinions. Uh, I'm going to take another super quick break here and then I have a quick uh, EDM news segment and then our songs of the week. So I will be right back. All right, fam, we're back with some EDM news. I don't have anything too crazy, to be honest with you guys, because I'm recording these episodes back-to-back right now, so this might not be, like, the most up-to-date news when you finally hear this in two weeks. But um, updates. Shaking Knees Festival was canceled for 2020. No surprise there. Um, In other music news, I have a couple things. Skrillex went ahead and purged his entire Instagram feed, so that obviously sent shockwaves throughout the EDM scene. There's been a ton of speculation about his next solo album, which we haven't had one from him in six years. So people are thinking like he's starting to line everything up here and maybe we will get an announcement about that album drop sometime soon. So I'm so so excited to hear new music from him individually. I think that's going to be awesome. Uh, It's already out at this point, but DJ Snake also teased a new track called Trust Nobody that's going out uh, June 24th. So by the time we all hear that, I'm sure it's going to be a banger. We love some good DJ Snake music. And lastly, Oliver Heldens. I was very excited about this. He teased a new upcoming track from his alias Hilo, which is my personal favorite. I love Hilo. It's a little bit like Oliver Heldens is a little bit more mainstream um, house music. And then Hilo, he kind of is a little bit more experimental. Like sometimes he can be a little bit more tech house. And that kind of falls under this category because he's releasing a single called Zeus, Friday, July 3rd. It's his first solo high-low release in 2020, and it's being distributed on Dead Mouse's label Mousetrap. So that's very exciting because that kind of leads me to believe that it's going to be more of a techno kind of sound. And he's been dropping that in a lot of his live stream sets, if you guys have seen them. So I love when he does that. I, I mean, I think the kid is so fucking talented, so... I'm very much looking forward to that track called Zeus from him. Okay, and then my songs of the week, we had a couple bangers come out. I really am into Bijou and Party Favors collab called Whoa. It's just a good time. I mean, you got some G House from Bijou and then some great house like party vibes from Party Favor. So I knew the two of them coming together would be a really good track and it's so much fun. So check out Whoa by them. And Serez D, this one's been out for a couple weeks now, but it's called The Raid. He did like a mini, I guess it's an EP, but he released two songs together. I think it was Valborg and The Raid. The Raid is fucking phenomenal. The drop in that is ridiculous. So Serez D is one of Eric Prydz's aliases. I guess you could say it's more like the darker kind of like techno tech house sound from him great time. He plays Serez D in some of his sets. At his hollow set, he played a lot of it. So I love Serez D. It's awesome when that comes out. Um, What else? Cascade has a new single called Pow Pow Pow. Great vibes, good shuffle song, uh, just really good clubby house track. So check that one out. And lastly, a song that we've been waiting a long time to come out, uh, Above and Beyond released Reverie and they have a club mix of it. If you're an Above and Beyond fan like me, you will absolutely love that track. And that one was a good one that we were waiting to come out. So big fan of all those. A little bit of a range for you guys. Thank you all so much for checking out today's episode and for hanging out with me for an hour. Uh, It's been a long time since I've done a solo episode and I was nervous I wouldn't be able to fill up the time. But hello, I never stopped talking. So 
we were fine. <laughs> Thank you all for sending in your submissions and for commenting on the Facebook group. I really value all of your thoughts and opinions on these topics. And I will let you know as soon as we have another one that I need submissions for. But in the meantime, um, please send in your listener of the week nominations because I'm running low on those. Again, email me raveculturecast at gmail.com. That is raveculturecast at gmail.com. And you can always DM me. My DMs are open and I get back to everybody. So DM me at Emma Capotis or at raveculturecast. Uh, Again, at Emma Capotis and at raveculturecast. And we are on Twitter as well. Again, the Facebook group is Rave Culture Cast Community. If you want to go request to join that, subscribe over on my YouTube channel if you want to watch any of the episodes or interviews. And lastly, if you guys could rate and review on iTunes, it would be very much appreciated. And screenshot and share this as your Instagram stories. Tag a bitch. Tag me in your shit. Very excited about all of that. And send the link out to your friends today. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend. It all adds up. It all helps incredibly. So thank you guys so much for spreading the word, for listening, for supporting. I hope you all have a beautiful Wednesday. Stay happy, stay healthy, and I will be back next week with a brand new episode. Bye, guys. Bye.